Welcome to the circus. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Emery. And I'm Eric. Alright, this episode is going to be discussing the Black Lives Matter group and all of the fucking bullshit that goes with it. The first question uh, was exactly what are the goals of the Black Lives Matter group? Would you like to start, Chris, or would you like me to start? I can start. So. I went ahead and obviously I went straight to the Black Lives Matter website um, because I wanted to say what their intended goals are. Um, this is not to say how they are interpreted by other people or how they are portrayed in the media or in real life. Um, but when you go to their about page, um, Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation is a global organization in the US, UK, and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and counteracting acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. It also says below on that same page that they are working for a world where black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. Um, I also went ahead and kept researching, and if you go to the Join Campaign Zero um, webpage, you can get the 10 points of what the Black Lives Matter movement hopes to reform, um, and I'm just going to read those off to you. Um, so this was the most recent um, information I could find about what they are hoping to achieve. Um, so there are 10 points of... of I don't, so what they're trying to achieve... Um, would be one, end broken windows policing, two, community oversight, three, the use, the limiting use of force in policing, four, independently investigating and prosecuting, five, community representation, six, would be body cams and filming the police, seven, is training, eight, is end for profit policing, nine, is the demilitarization de of police, and ten, is fair police union contracts. Um, most of which I think are pretty important and um, necessary platforms. But that's my take on that question. Okay. So I also went on to the Black Lives Matter website and right on their front page, I found where they said their mission was to fight to end state-sanctioned violence liberate black people, and end white supremacy forever. Um, and the first thing in that little group was state-sanctioned violence, which I feel like is a pretty misleading term, because um, that's basically saying that the government, or obviously the state, is you know justifying this violence, and not even justifying it, they're calling for it, they're sanctioning it. Um, which I guess would go hand in hand with uh, like race theory or systematic racism. Um, and I think with Black Lives Matter especially, it usually has to do with the police. Um, so I did find a bunch of facts on that. Um, <clears throat> so usually when you listen to like, you know, either Black Lives Matter protests or Black Lives Matter leaders, they talk about the disproportionate shootings of you know, young black 
uh, teens or unarmed black men, or usually it's something along those lines. Um, but actually there was a Harvard study that concluded that out of the 1,332 police shootings over a span of 2000 and 2015, that blacks were actually killed 20% or were 20% less likely to be shot um, by police than whites. Um, and that's despite all facts of blacks and whites carrying weapon rates or murder rates, violent crime rates. But that, regardless of all that, it's still there's 20% less likely chance for blacks to be shot than whites. Um, it's actually for every black killed by a white police officer in the U.S. every year, there are 71 black-on-black -black murders that occur. Um, actually, every year there's 9,200 black-on-black murders. Um, and I think that it's just kind of absurd that Black Lives Matter doesn't touch on that and I don't think has touched on that. And if they have, it's been very brief because I don't think I've heard anything on it or I haven't seen it blasted on every news outlet. Um, and I think obviously if you, you know, if obviously if there's any unjustified shooting of, a, you know, somebody based on their race, obviously I'm going to say that you know, I agree that the police officer should obviously lose his job, be fired, and go to trial and be sentenced, be found guilty, get put in jail. Um, I definitely don't disagree with that. I think, you know, there should never be anybody killed on the basis of race or anything, or even if it's not based on race, police shouldn't be using excessive force. But I feel that Black Lives Matter is really just kind of politicizing the issue. Um, and I think that, you know, if we're going to say that, you know, we're going to dedicate a whole movement to the eight, you know, say unjustified murders of unarmed black men, I think that we should dedicate the movement to the 9,200 black murders that occur every year. I don't understand why there's no attention brought to that or, you know, by a movement that's basically a civil rights movement. Um, also found that a lot of the times where these traffic stops are occurring, um, where people are, you know, always, you always see the videos of traffic stops and you're saying you pulled me over for nothing, I was pulled over for nothing, um, and it's always kind of made out to be a race issue. Um, that actually, um, in a couple studies uh, by the National Institute of Justice, or for justice, uh, three out of four blacks said that they were pulled over for legitimate reasons, um, and that the National Highway Safety Administration uh, found that there usually were just higher traffic laws violated by blacks and whites. So it wasn't a disproportionate race issue. It was more of just that was occurring. They actually did surveys and black people admitted to speeding just in higher rates um, and speeding in higher, at higher rates of speeding. Um, so I felt that that was also another kind of disproportionate, misrepresented issue with traffic stops. Um, I'm going to go into some of the facts on maybe the next question, um, but I felt that just, I don't know, I kind of strongly disagree with, I guess, where the movement comes from um, and its stance against, like, systematic racism. So you don't believe in, you don't support the goals of Black Lives Matter? No. Because you believe that there's other things to be focused on? I feel that the issues that they're focusing on are just untrue to the extent that it's being made out to happen. 
like when you have only, I mean, there's no groups that are saying, you know, like, like I said, there were more whites that were being killed by police every year than blacks. It's not an issue of race necessarily. I mean, there are definitely some instances where it does occur, but it's not a systemic issue, which is kind of where Black Lives Matter is trying to focus its energy and making it a systemic issue. Emery, do you want to jump in before I talk? Well, I've, I feel like I agree with their uh, goals that Eric said, fight to end state-sanctioned violence, liberate black people, and end white supremacy forever. But I also agree with Eric saying um, that it's a lot more than just like a police issue. It's like a violence issue in general. Well, also in the second part of the thing, the liberate black people, I mean, what does that mean? That's, That's almost suggesting that black people are enslaved. The opposite of liberate. You liberate somebody when they're enslaved. I don't think it. No, I feel like they don't have freedom. I don't think it's. Like like liberate they say what? Liberate. They mean like. That's straight off their website. People who are unjustifiably uh, in prison. Yeah, but blacks are in prison at way lesser rates proportional to crime rates. They're actually yeah. underrepresented in prison based on arrest records. Yeah, and that's. It's still an issue. It doesn't matter. Well, why don't we liberate? I know, but it's not. A, but that's it, not like a, a liberate issue. If you commit a crime and you end up in prison, I don't think that's what they mean. They're saying liberate the people that didn't actually commit the crimes. They were just yeah, sentenced don't to believe be. In I don't think that's what they're talking about. But I think it's almost a blanket statement to try and convey an issue of slavery in modern day. I feel like that's a really extreme way to take what they're trying to. What do you, when they say, so I've already covered the state sanction violence part, but when they have in there the list of three things, fight to end state sanction violence, liberate black people, and end white supremacy forever. What do you feel that they liberate black people? What do you feel that they mean when they say I just that? think that's very vague as a goal, and if you want to get, that's probably more of a blanket thing than something that they're we'll liberate I don't think that means like necessarily black people feel enslaved or this is like modern day slavery and I don't think that's what Black Lives Matter is trying to express um, I have yet to meet a, a black person that says they feel enslaved to the American society or the um, the way that our system is working, but I do feel that Black America feels at a slightly disadvantaged, at a, has slightly less advantages than, you know, white America. But I also think that's due to more things than just policing. I think it has to do with education. I think it has to do with representation in government. I think, I think a lot of it comes from two things: money and education, and um, how that is distributed amongst different races in America. Well, I feel like, in that regard, I mean, I feel like, I mean, America elected a black president twice. We currently have, uh, uh, she's, what, mixed, right? Kamala Harris? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, a mixed vice president woman. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's when people say, like, that there's, disadvantages I, I just don't understand um, especially in education where a lot of times people are given 
extra advantages being a minority, not disadvantaged. And I guess as far as the only disadvantage I could really see would be a monetary that has almost stemmed from, I guess, your past, you know, monetary where, you know, people that tend to come from wealthier families obviously start with more wealth than people that have come from not wealthy families. Well, I think that, like, how I see it in terms of the economic status of separating races, yes, when people come from wealthier or more well-off families, they tend to do better in terms of their financial success, but I also think it's due to the areas that they're living in have more resources, the areas they're living in have better education, they have just a more well-rounded understanding of, um, I guess, how to succeed. It feels like almost there's less obstacles, but if you're in, you know, a lower socioeconomic area, you have less, you have less advantages, say, um, you know, like, here's a fact. But then you could boil it down to an economic issue, an economic inequality, not a race issue. People aren't, people don't have less wealth because they're a minority. Yeah, but I believe that the system isn't helping to decrease that difference when it's very clear that a lot of minority communities are the lower socioeconomic communities. There's tons and tons of government benefits. I know, but then why is it still a problem? Then why why are we still dealing with it? If if we've done enough, why are we still take advantage? I'm not saying it's been enough, but I think people don't necessarily take advantage of the programs. Do they know about where they're actually benefiting? I I would say yes, but I think that instead of using the programs to better themselves and further themselves and elevate themselves to a higher status, they keep themselves at the status they're at because they have those benefits. I would say that's a very small percentage of like of a group that you're trying to say. And I feel like that's used so often that like, oh, people that get benefits would rather just do that than do anything else. And of course there are people like that. I'm not saying there isn't, but I think to focus so hyper hyper focused on those people to say that like we can't do better for lower socioeconomic communities or do better for minorities. Like, it's just not a good argument, I don't think. Well, what would you suggest be done? Because I would think the only thing short of what has been done is would be just directly give money. I don't think, I don't know enough about the idea of reparations to say if I'm for or against them. Um, I lean currently right now just against them, just on like face value, um, because I don't think people just need money thrown at them in order to, you know, change these, the way their system of community is working. I think we need better education in lower socioeconomic areas. Um, we need a better sense of community and that goes back to like I said it's not just policing it's not just a money issue it's a couple different things but well even with even with education I mean the the 
high school dropout rate of black Americans is significantly higher than white, like young white Americans. And I think that there's a, an issue with, you know, just the, not, I don't want to say the, well, I guess almost in a lot of cases, like home life and, you know, structure around education and support for education. I think a lot of times young black Americans don't necessarily, in the lower economic areas, don't have that kind of push to keep them in education and they're dropping out. I mean, especially with, you know, in places like Chicago where I was talking about the black on black violence is so high. I think there's just people just end up in wrapped up in that violence and end up dropping out of school because why go to school if you're part of a gang? No, and I... I think that's a major issue. That is a major issue, but I think to not want to focus on that and help try and combat that issue isn't going to solve anything either. And to argue, like, home life... I can't imagine, you know, living in... You know, I'm very grateful for the life I have, but to live something less than that, I can't imagine the, like the mental toll it would take on you to how discouraging it would be to see time and time again, you know, friends, families, relatives kind of just falling back into the same system. And for our local state and national levels to not try in some ways to combat that, um, I think is even more discouraging. Well, I guess to kind of bring this back to Black Lives Matter, I think we're each talking about other issues that are major issues, you know, um, and I think the thing is we don't hear about Black Lives Matter talking about those issues. I mean, a lot of the issues you just brought up, we don't hear Black Lives Matter bringing up. We're hearing them time and time again just focusing on police, just defund the police. The police are killing us. I mean, there was, right on their website, they have a quote that says, at the to- exact time of the verdict of Derek Chauvin was being read for murdering George Floyd, the police wasted no time in senselessly taking another black child, Makai Bryant, we say her name. I mean, and that is just, I feel like, an egregious statement that, that she was senselessly murdered. I mean, there's literally body cam footage of her swinging a knife towards another girl and then her being shot and killed. And then, I mean, to say that that's a senseless murder in essence saved the life of the other girl and I mean that's right on Black Lives Matter's website to, to say that it's senseless like that I don't understand yeah and I think one thing that's really important for anyone following the Black Lives Matter movement or that yeah following it or is against it in your case um is to remember that Black Lives Matter is a, it's a movement and it's going to, like, those terms are so, what is the word, editorial. Like, they're used to incite some emotion in people. So, like, when you're reading that, like, people on the left get super rallied up about it and people on the right get super rallied up against it just as you and I are doing right now. But I think it's important. That's what I'm saying. I think that's an issue. No, I agree. I, not, I don't think the Black Lives Matter is a perfect movement, but I think it's one that is necessary, and I'm glad it's here. I think if it was just more of an honest movement, I feel like there's just so many dishonesties that are spread, and it just causes a lot of problems between people. Yeah, and that goes back to... I mean, even with the 
with back in Ferguson with Michael Brown, the entire hands up, don't shoot movement. I mean, that entire thing, uh, he never stated that. I mean, they did most multiple investigations, federal investigations by Obama's attorney general, the Ferguson state attorney general, who was a black man, all of his investigations, and there was never any witness that said that they heard him say, hands up, don't shoot. There was nothing. Mm -hmm never could find it. and that was a statement that still sticks I mean you still hear you hear that you still see people with shirts that say hands up don't shoot I mean and that was obviously very much pushed by Black Lives Matter and it wasn't true it was a lie yeah I mean like I said I don't think and I think to incite major major riots based on something like that I mean it, it is like it's crazy you know I mean they're basically inciting people that yes i mean sometimes they do say you know peaceful protests but they understand that most of these protests don't stay peaceful I and i mean they're inciting them based on a lie i don't think i don't believe that what the black lives matter movement is at face value is what is being one portrayed in the media or interpreted by interpreted by you know people across the world i think and that's and you can't blame just like i've said this about um the capitol riot like you like if you can't blame donald trump for inciting that you can't blame black lives matter for inciting violence because that's based on people's interpretation on the movement rather than trump did not stand up there and say word for word to incite violence just like black lives matter didn't also so well but see i guess we can we could segue into that we can skip to the second question right now and go into the third question which uh, emory had written down as uh, how are the blm protests different from the MAGA protests um that i feel like when you're talking about like when people say trump incited that as you said he didn't say directly anything about going to the capital um or you know doing that kind of thing but, but at the I same time, it created that space for... Matter. Well, but it also, A, as I was talking about, the, the deception and the lies, and he was, Trump wasn't deceiving anybody. He wasn't giving people an information, I mean, a false information that caused an outrage. Because a lot of times, like, had that kind of stuff been true, like had Makai Bryant not had a knife in her hand and she was shot four times and killed, then yes, you could obviously justify the kinds of outrage and reactions that you're getting from these people. And then you, the same with Michael Brown. If he had his hands up and said, hey, my hands are up, don't shoot, and they shot him anyway, that's that's absurd. That would be clearly, you know, you could dictate that as a racially motivated crime. Uh, clear, even if it wasn't racially, it was clearly an abuse of, you know, force, excessive force. And that would warrant, you know, the kinds of mass violence and you know, protests we saw in Ferguson, it makes sense. But when it's not based on truth and you're basically deceiving people into doing the things that they're doing, I think that is what is so wrong. I don't know. Trump didn't do anything close to that. And that's where I take issue with Black Lives Matter movement. It's just a deception. Even with, you know, I just, what was that? The ones there, it's just been, I just heard so many. And I think where you can point to like the ones where it's clearly an issue and 
those police officers are arrested and they are found guilty. I mean, Derek Chauvin, he was found guilty. I mean, and there's no, no if and or buts. Nobody argues that. But I think it's when there's the deception that takes such a large part in Black Lives Matter that that's an issue. I can respect that. I also... I think that's what the point of what a movement is supposed to do. Not deception. Sorry. That's not what I meant. But this, like, editorializing of what happened is often seen so much in these huge civil rights movements in order to generate so much backing behind them. So... Well, I do understand what you're saying, like, when you said earlier how, like, you know, they use, like, phrases like that to incite the emotion that they want. That's obviously, I mean, politicians do it all the time. They have their, like, Trump's was make America great again. You know, they have their phrases. Yeah. And I'm not um, saying it's right. I'm not. Well, no, but the thing is, I, no, I'm not saying, there's nothing, again, obviously, movements have those kinds of phrases. That's not, you know, like, like, think even, like, Black Lives Matter when they say, uh, no justice, no peace. Like, that is, you know, a phrase, it's a, to incite it, it means something, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, um, but it's, that's not based on deception, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when people make, when people misrepresent the movement, I mean, Black Lives Matter is almost misrepresenting its own movement, and like we were talking about all those issues earlier, they're making about something that it's not. And I think if they focused on the reality of events that really do occur and focused and brought all the energy, because it's almost wasted energy. I mean, when you have such a mass amount of people and you have such a large movement and the ones that are leading the movement are directing it at things that didn't, that don't matter, they didn't happen, it's almost wasted. They could be using that energy for the stuff we were talking about earlier, bringing attention to that. I wouldn't say that the movement is wasted, I think, and if... Well, when you have, the movement is focusing on police, when the policing isn't nearly as large an issue. I mean, in Chicago, after the the riots in Chicago, I think here I had, the police ended up leaving. I mean, they, they weren't wanted in Chicago. They were, they set fire to the stations. They were attacking the police. The police left, and the next day, in 24 hours, they had 65,000 911 calls. In 24 hours. That's 50,000 more calls than they typically receive in a 24-hour. So typically, there's like 15,000 911 calls in the city of Chicago in 24-hour span. And without the police, there were 65,000 911 calls. That's also one instance. Well, that's the instance that the police left. I know, but that's to, that's one instance. Like, that's a size pool of one. You would never do that in any know, scientific research to just base it on one. I'm not saying that's, you know, that information isn't useful. Well, this has only happened, that's only happened one time, you know? It shouldn't happen again. I'm just, like, that's why I don't understand. People don't, I, the police aren't there to, to fight them, you know? And that's where I think also when a lot of differences in people discuss like the Capitol riot and you know Black Lives Matter protests mm-hmm. um, and the differences in police reactions I think a lot of it comes from that kind of tension between the two groups I mean when the one protest is basically entirely against 
the police and threatening the police's jobs, their lives. I mean, they feel a lot more threatened. They're probably going to respond a lot differently to groups that are waving Blue Lives Matter flags up in the air, you know? Yeah. They feel a lot less threatened, which would, I would understand. I had a, um, article from that, from the Pointer Institute, um, and it talked about the difference in police response to the Black Lives Matter protest versus the Capitol. Um, and this is just a quote mm-hmm. from it, and it said, domestic protest researchers said that in summer, the deployment of forces revealed the official belief that the Black Lives Matter crowd represented a threat and police took steps to prevent violence. In contrast, many red flags, despite the many red flags, the U.S. Capitol, the police, ex- expected a largely peaceful protest from Trump backers that expectation set the stage for the chaos that followed so I definitely think there was a difference but um I mean no there I mean there definitely was um I think for whatever the reasons were whether you say you know it was anticipated that it was going to be less violent or whatever it was for the most part I mean in more recent terms of Black Lives Matter protests they've been very well organized to the point where police can set up responses to them, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they can, and I mean, back even when they were in probably their, their prime of protesting, um, I mean, they had National Guard off pretty much deployed for most time before the process even occurred. Um, I think with the Capitol, they didn't have nearly close to that of pre- preparation, which for whatever the reason was that it didn't occur, it definitely resulted in a difference of you know reaction yeah and some and most would argue I mean I guess most on the left side would argue that it was what's the word like I don't want to say suspicious that's the wrong word um it's ironic is maybe a better word Mm-hmm. probably not the best um, but shall we move to question two and head back to that one uh, sure. unless Emery had something to say nope I uh, set this one out basically um, number two is how is Black Lives Matter similar or different from other civil rights movements Go ahead on this one. Okay. Um, so I found a quote. Um, this was um, from one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, uh, Opal Tometi, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Um, she said that the movement is much more about, much more than civil rights. Um, almost a year ago today, she said uh, Black Lives Matter is a, or she advocated that it was a human rights movement and it was more than just a civil rights movement. Um, so she recognizes current struggle not merely for reforms in policing, um, any more than the Montgomery bus boycott was simply about a seat on the bus. Um, it's about full recognition of our rights as citizens and about the full civil, social, political, legal, economic, and cultural rights as enshrined in the United States Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And I liked how she worded that, but I do wish, like I said before, that Black Lives Matter actually reflected action onto that. Um, I think that the civil rights movement back, you know, um, in the 60s, in the 60s, yeah, um, 
I think that focused a lot more on political aspects, education, monetary disparities, everything you were talking economic disparities like we were talking before, I think they focused a lot more on all of them. I mean, you, you know, it was a lot about voters' rights and about, you know, the, the issues that there stood between, like, white people voting and black people voting and the barriers to that and education discrepancies and poor education for black Americans and white Americans and all of that. I think that, and even transportation, like I said, the, the Montgomery bus boycotts and just all of that, I think, you know, they really targeted specific issues and I think they did it, I think they did a really good job with obviously um, with the amount of change they brought. And I feel like Black Lives Matter just hasn't managed to do that. And I, it may not be for the reasons that I believe it is for. Like I said before, I believe it's just because they're, I think, just, I don't know, for some reason going after the police um, rather than the other issues. But I think there are definitely much bigger issues and much more real issues to go after. Um, but I think that they just have not been nearly as successful. Um, and I think that some key differences, I mean, they've had the media has been very involved um, where I think that obviously there wasn't the kind of media that we have today back then um, and not even media just like news outlet media but we have social media today um, which I would have thought would have maybe even made it you know helped even more but it doesn't seem to have it kind of almost made there just been opposing sides like we talked about last episode with the difference like the, the divide I think it's just kind of created a divide um, and yeah yeah, so I sort of said roughly around the same. So um, I think the Black Lives Matter movement is different from other civil rights movements in the sense of when it took place. So during this technological age that we're living through has, I think, changed how we operate more so than people even realize. Um, I want to say that the like key roots of, you know, the... Black Lives Matter movement today or the movement for black lives and stuff like that compared to the movements, the civil rights movement from the 60s, I want to say in their key um, values that they're roughly the same, but in the way that they were portrayed and put into action were very different. Um, I agree with what you said that back in the 60s, I think the concern was more on policy change and rather rather than advocacy and social attention which I believe is what um, a lot of these movements focus on today because it's easy to get a lot of people to agree with you on something that they might not be completely educated in Um, and I think social media created the perfect platform for that especially for young people and this goes for you know both sides not just supporters of Black Lives Matter but also people who are supporters of the other side Um, I I do think a huge I don't want to say majority because I don't know the exact numbers, but I I would say a lot of people follow these movements just based on um, their online profile and their online presence and what they're reading and viewing. Um, And instead of taking those points of what they're reading and viewing as starting points to doing further research into what's actually happening, they're just taking that at face value. So I definitely think... um, the Black Lives Matter movement was impacted by social media, and I have a 
quote from the Pew Research. I don't know if it's an institute or... So from they said, um, as part of a July study, the center asked social media users who say they have changed their views about a political or social issue because of something they saw to describe a recent instance when this took place. Some 12% of adults say they changed their views either positively or negatively about the Black Lives Matter movement or about police brutality and the need for police reform. So they also put some quotes from the people that they um, asked these questions to. This is from a woman who's 64. She said, reading articles on Black Lives on the Black Lives Matter movement has opened my eyes to the degree of systematic racism in the country and the world. A man who's 50 said, I used to support Black Lives Matter, but now I see them as violent domestic terrorists not interested in addressing the real problems within the black community. Black Lives Matter is about a communist revolution, not about helping the black community. And then another woman who's 31 said, I never thought much about defunding or abolishing the police, but after seeing social media posts, I've researched and read up on topics and now believe in fairly substantial cuts to police funding. Um, so there is like, I think social media has a huge part in um, how this current civil rights movement has just kind of changed um, the face of movements as we move forward. Um, I also have another quote from, this is from Nor'eastern EDU. This was an inter interview with Margaret Burnham, who's the director of the Civil Rights and Re Restorative Justice, Justice Project and a, and a distinguished professor at um, Northeastern University School of Law. But she argues that Black Lives Matter, much like the Vietnam War and the Civil War and kind of those um, huge civil rights movements, were based on calling out the negative impact of one side's fear of losing authority, which I think is still true today. Like most movements, it's one side losing or they're being, um, they have the fear of losing authority in some sort of way, and it's how the other side chooses to combat it. Emery, yeah. what do you think? I think I'm tired. I can also barely hear you for some reason. Can you get closer to Eric? Snuggle up next to him. Heck yeah. Alright. So, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement at, in general is, uh, like, the question was kind of bad on my part because like it's not really in the same sense a civil rights movement as the ones in the past have been but it, I couldn't really classify it as any other type of movement social movement yeah but it's social in a political movement the, it's not political it's definitely a political movement no it, the goals are not the po political aspects of it the political aspects of it are just a side effect. It's pretty political. <laughs> I would argue that but the goals um, are not purely based in politics. But the um, the goals are purely based in politics, but I think the movement is definitely a political movement. Yeah. I mean, it's used in politics. It's a social, yeah. It's social and political. And I'm sure it has a couple other labels on it too. We still do have one more question. 
are also true. Last question. Um, which Emory The last question is, what is currently being done within the Black Lives Matter group to achieve their goals? Chris? I can start on this one. So, um, as I was saying earlier, how the Black Lives Matter movement kind of focuses, or you were saying how they focus kind of heavily on like policing when there are other issues, which I agree. Um, I don't think, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement is not strictly um, surrounded by this one organization, but it can include like other ones. Um, so the movement for black lives is another movement that's essentially trying to do um, not the same thing, but try to bring attention to um, disadvantages of black America. And they have on their website, this is their 2020 platform, but um, I have so many tabs open. Hold on. So I can just name a couple. Okay, so I found it. All right, so in their 2020 policy platform, you can go through and look through all of their kind of demands that they were hoping for. You can also see what they wanted in 2016. Um, For just to name a couple, but they have the war war on drugs, the end of death penalty, the demilitarization of law enforcement, the end of past criminal use. Um, Let's see. The end and the war on black migrants, um, black youth. One thing they I don't see here, which I wish I did, was again education. I hope they have that at some point in here, but um, I think that's like the main overhead to all of these issues. Um, but you can go through it and see their. Okay, so they have information about the issue. So again in those little subcategories um they have key laws and policies that are important to note about the issue they offer model legislation in states that are doing the things that they want to implement on a larger scale which is really important to show how it's working in other places either successfully or not successfully Um, and they also offer the groups that are working on policy specifically for each um platform that they have um and again, even though that this is not a Black Lives Matter organization, it is a part of the movement. And um, I think, again, it's important to realize that these movements aren't always targeting um, complete policy change, although they might be trying. I think it is important to, to note that um, this page is offering you know a lot of information and sources and resources. They give you all of their resources different reading that you can um, view about each topic they have and I think that's important for people to have like easy access to information um, let's see 
Yeah, and the Black Lives Matter organization also does an impact report each year, so you can look at that. That's right on their homepage um, under, like, the impact report tab, and you can see what they have been doing to help out. So that's me. Okay. Well, for what I believe that I guess they're currently doing or have done, I think, kind of just reiterating what I had said, I think it's kind of... Despite I mean, what's on their website and all that, I feel like, you know, actions speak louder than words. I feel like what they've actually done as far as a civil rights movement, if, they're, if that's really their goal and, you know, they've done that, I feel like they haven't really done much. Um, I feel like in terms of their goal was to, you know, kind of create a war on police and bring attention to that, I think that they've done a job at that. Um, I don't think they've done it well. I think they've, like I said before, done it kind of through deception. Um, but I think it's kind of just really made a political statement. Um, and I feel that, you know, at the same time, like, the Black Lives Matter was kind of really backed by some major politicians. I mean, Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, AOC, they're all big backers of Black Lives Matter. And I mean, they've had three branches of government, the House, Senate, and the Presidency for, I mean, a hundred days now. And I feel like they, I don't think I've heard of any legislations that were being introduced for any kind of reform, even if it was like police reform, because that's what we've really been focused on. I don't think they've even introduced any of that. So I think they've kind of just really done a poor job. Um, And I think that just kind of really backs, I think that you know, I think it's kind of a shame that there was a movement that really did get such attention and such, you know, like, emotion backed behind it. And, I mean, it had a really good... Oh, I think it could have had a good potential to do actual good for any causes that it wanted to, but I think it just <coughs> became too politicized and became too just out there as a movement. Um, like you said, I mean, you were talking about a different organization... I think that if a different organization had gotten the kind of momentum and the the pull and all of that, the backing that Black Lives Matter did, I think there might have been a better outcome. Um, I just think Black Lives Matter focused all of its attention in the wrong places. Um, and I think kind of politicians took advantage of it and used it um, for advantages in elections and they're kind of now just over it, as we've seen, as like I said, there's not really been any changes, and they've had ample time and ample opportunity at this point to do it and happen. So, I would argue that there, while I don't believe there has been like major reforms yet, I do think that the attention this issue has gotten, especially after George Floyd's murder, um, like local policing units or city ones or even large um, forces in states are looking into their you know their training and their tactics and how they're operating as a police force and I think that's while maybe maybe small it is a start and I think that's important um, in and of itself so but I um I have a question for you yes I would I'm wondering like moving forward, what would you hope for the Black Lives Matter movement to be more successful than what it's done? Like, what would you want from them? I think 
First, honestly, I would just rather see a different organization just take over. Honestly, I think Black Lives Matter is really just botched their opportunity, and I think, like I said before, with just the amount of deception that they have just spewed, I think that that's really kind of just appalling to do. Um, so I think that, I honestly, I would rather, like I said, see a different organization, but I think if Black Lives Matter was going to be the one to do it, I think they need to bring their attention to all the issues we were talking about before, like you said, education, socioeconomic issues, um, stuff like that, um, instead of just kind of just repeating the same the same thing over and over and over again um, with in regards to police. So I think, like I said, like it's gonna happen. Like if there's an issue where you know out of it, all the times where somebody is you know killed by police, that it is a race issue. Like I said, they get fired, they get tried, they get found guilty, they get put in prison. I mean, what what that's really it because like I said, it's usually a localized issue. It's not a systemic issue. So I think that if we stop wasting like stop wasting time on that and focused on the real issues, I mean, I think that'd make a big difference. Yeah, Emery. You know, I uh, I try to stay out of this as much as I can because I don't like talking about stuff I'm not educated with, and I. As far as the what I've heard from both of you, I want to say I agree with Eric on a lot of his points, saying that it is botched and it is just like mass misinformation. But at the same time, if let's say any type of movement was dinged for all of the misinformation that was sent out, then it no movement would get anywhere near the same amount of traction. Um, like, yeah, it's bad that they have to rely on misinformation so much, but I also feel like it wouldn't be <coughs> like a, anywhere near as talked about as it is if, it, if they didn't have that type of like misinformation going out that's the problem that if they reported like we're talking like what me and Chris talking about with like education and like especially like you know economic and like social status and stuff like that like that is stuff that is really happening like it's it's happening it's real it's going on I mean you can probably you can prove it probably pretty easily and if people talked about that and if that's the stuff that they push you know you'd be focusing on a real issue when you're inciting people yes you can you're, it's easy to incite people with lies, and if those lies were true, then yeah, obviously they're getting a re reaction that's deserved, but when you're promoting lies and people are focusing on lies, like, what are you going to resolve? Like, you're only going to fix a problem that wasn't there. Or instead of, if you should be promoting, especially in a movement like this, like a, a civil rights movement, like, you should be going after the issues that exist. You shouldn't have to incite people based on a lie. You should incite people, and people should get rallied up behind an issue that is real. And I yeah, think but that's the issue with modern times. Like, people are, they're aware that there are issues that exist that need to be worked on. But nobody's going to actually bother to look into them because the 
ones that they actually care about are the ones that are just clickbaity. Yeah, I think so. Like, if you read something saying a fucking white cop shoots an unarmed black individual, they're going to think immediately race and obviously the headline is 100% true. They're not going to question. <coughs> they're going to be like, oh yeah, this is an issue. Whereas if you read but an if article it's not saying, an issue, and no, no, no. Whereas if you read an article saying, oh, um, let's say black communities are suffering from lack of education, the headline's factual in a sense, but it's also not as like intriguing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be intriguing. That's the issue. People are so focused on the headlines and the, the social aspect and the it shouldn't need to be intriguing and exciting. And I think a lot of people that went out to protest or got involved in the movement or that were people that thought it was intriguing, it was cool to be a part of it, it was you know, it was it was trendy and that's not what it's, it shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't. And back in the 1960s, it wasn't about that it was trendy. It was about that it needed reform. I mean, uh, election, you know, uh, like election problems and like polling place restrictions for black people isn't something that's like, holy crap, like people are being mass murdered. It's not as grabby as that, but it was a real issue and it was Still a bad issue. issue. I know, so that's what I'm saying. It's, it just doesn't matter. You know, I if the headline, it shouldn't matter if the headline is grabby or not. People should get rallied up around the real issues. They should, but I think um, we play into this vicious cycle now in the world we live in. I think Emery has a point that I think we've become so small attention brained that we can't think to just take what we see for face value, either on social media or what we hear. And, you know, people aren't going home and researching those things and we're just taking that for that and then continuing to have conversations that aren't based on any fact or knowledge that we have on our own or the research that we've done on our own. And I think, you know, not only is that like a detrimental part of the system, but then you have politicians who, if they focus on something completely other than the largest social movement that we have in history, they won't get reelected, so of course they're going to comment on it so that they can stay in the political spotlight and, you know, get reelection. So it's kind of just like this never ending cycle of um, we're not consuming news properly and then news isn't being delivered properly and the people who are supposed to protect us from all of it aren't doing it at all for anyone's best interest but their own. Yeah. So yeah, that's my take on Black Lives Matter. All right. And I feel like that is a wrap. Yay. That wasn't bad, see?